entrepreneurs, business owners, professionals who seek excellence, bringing the business classroom to you. It's the Business Builder Show. Here's Marty Wolf. We still got a long way to go. Yes, we all got a long way to go. Welcome to the Business Builder Show with Marty Wolf. Show for entrepreneurs, business owners, and business leaders. I'm Marty Wolf, your host for the Business Builder Show, and along with my executive producer, DC Taylor, we will be your guides on this learning journey. Let me tell you my super objective in being with you today. I want to enthusiastically share stories and information to inspire leaders. That's you, by the way, so you can inspire others. Business Builder Show is distributed by C-Suite Radio. You can find our show and many other fine shows on C-Suite Radio. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com. My special guest with me is Lee B. Saltz, and that's S-A-L-Z. Hi, Lee. How are you, sir? Marty, how are you? I'm doing great. We've known each other for a little while now, probably years already. Um, oh, you're looking you. good. Thank you for making me feel old. I've got my no. 50th birthday coming up. <laughs> you're looking good. You're looking good, man. But this high school picture you sent me, I don't know if it's still appropriate, though. <laughs> you know? So, okay. So let's, come on, let's get serious. We're talking about a serious topic. It's called sales differentiation. Lee is a leading sales management strategist and CEO of Sales Architects, a recognized expert in sales differentiation. Wow, I'm glad I said that right. He works with senior executives and business owners across all industries, helping their salespeople win more deals at the prices they want. Lee has been a featured columnist in the business journals and a media source on sales and sales management. He has been quoted and featured in the Wall Street Journal, CNN, the New York Times, on and on and on. So congratulations, Lee. You finally hit the big time. You're on the Business Builder Show. Marty, thanks so much for having me. You know, I've been a big fan of your show for a long time, long time listener. Boy, it sounds like a real radio show. Long time listener, first time caller. Okay, there you go. Thanks so much. You know, uh, we wrote a great book. It's called Sales Differentiation, 19 Powerful Strategies to Win More Deals at the Prices You Want. Now, part of the thing in sales I think you talk about is maybe asking questions. So before we start, um, you know, you're kind of my client in a way here. So, so maybe you have a question you want to ask me. <laughs> Marty, I do. Uh, you, you know, I told you, I've been listening to the show time. Uh, how many guests would you say you've had on, on the show of the year, expert guests that you've had? It's well over 600. Wow, that's a big number. Yeah, I so think so. your listeners are probably wondering, why are you having Lee Sauls on your show? So if you don't mind, I'll tell them. <laughs> you better, because we better have something to say. Yeah, I, I'm the best. Why are you here? Say. Yeah, I'm the best sales consultant in the world. Oh, okay. Well, Marty, what e- do you think of me now? I, I don't even know to go from there. I'm, can we hang up, DC Taylor? I mean, can we, <laughs> That's it. Enough can said. we end this now? Like You just told me you're the best sales consultant in the world. What is that? Baloney. Baloney? Oh, my goodness. Well, hmm. Hmm. so it doesn't sound like I've endeared myself to you. And I'm guessing hmm. your litner, listeners aren't saying, boy, I really want to hear this show. They're probably saying, what an arrogant jerk, which I'm sure, Marty, that's what you're thinking as well. 
<laughs> now, if you're if you're thinking that about me, yeah. Here's my question for you: Why do you think your prospects feel any differently about you than you feel about me at this moment? When you come marching in saying my company, my products, my services are the best, oh. they don't. They feel the same way about you that you feel about me at this moment. So if I haven't endeared myself to you by describing myself as the best sales consultant in the world, you may want to think about the next time you go on a sales call and say my company, my products, my services are the best. Wow. What a way to start out. Holy moly. Talk about well, setting party, this. We want something different, right? Gotta yeah. Be different. We're talking about being different. Absolutely. And that's what we That's what we want to dwell more on. You know what? The book is great, but the subtitle really got my attention. To win more deals at the prices you want. Okay. I'm on a sales call. 99.9% of the call, I hear the first question from that customer or client is, how much does it cost? Okay. Help me right there. This is a clinic. Go. <laughs> so how much is it? That's everyone's favorite question. And, and you got to remember, we're all buyers too. You know, we think we go on sales calls and we're a salesperson and that's our role. But if you put your buyer hat on, right? Yeah. We all have that question. And if we let that question come up, we're dead in the water. Hmm. So one of our goals, one of our goals when we have a sales call is to demonstrate expertise. And there's different kinds of expertise. And one of them is to demonstrate, I understand you. I know what you're thinking. Hmm. And when I coach salespeople and I say, okay, what's the criteria for a great first meeting? Because we know we're not going to get an order in the first sales call, at least not in a lot of B2B sales. Mm -hmm. So what's the criteria for a great first meeting? And one of the ones that uh, that I add to their list is ask questions that demonstrate we know what's on their mind. Mm -hmm. So for example, let's say you're in the mortgage industry and you get these calls and it's not what's your price, but the question that you're asked is what's your rate, right? That's the price. Yep. Yep price question there yeah well top mortgage salespeople don't let that question come up hmm. what they say is i know a big question on your mind is what's your rate and you're probably thinking of the 30-year fixed mortgage that's what most people are thinking of well you may not be aware that there are hundreds of types of mortgage uh programs and products in this country hmm. each one has a corresponding rate and each one has a different set of criteria to qualify for it and each one is applicable in a certain set of circumstances. Hmm. So at this moment, I don't even know what the right one is for you. But if we could spend about 10 minutes talking about what you're trying to accomplish with the mortgage, I could then recommend to you the right program or programs to consider and, of course, the corresponding rate. Is that okay, Marty? So we get that at the very beginning so that we can – I guess I'll say set the stage for the discussion. But yes. is this another way? Lee, this is dangerous territory. You're talking to another sales guy here. We're, we're going yeah. into really dangerous territory here. Um, Let's do it. Um, is this another way of the classic line is overcoming objections? Oh, I hate that expression. Oh, you hate it. 
Okay. Well, why? It. Why? Well, what? Hate well, it. isn't that, isn't what you what you just shared to me shared with me? Is that overcoming an objection, or is that removing it before it comes up? Give me more details. Ah, there you go. So if we want to be different, and again, that's the whole theme of our conversation today. It's the theme of the book, Sales Differentiation. And in the book, I talk about two types of sales differentiation, differentiation around what you sell and sales differentiation around how you sell. And one of the aspects that we have an opportunity to be different than the other salespeople calling on this individual is how we handle I, what I call deal obstacles. That's the bucket of concerns, objections, stalls, whatever you want to call them. Yeah. And when I, when I talk with salespeople, they all say the same thing. I build relationships. Now, if you see the world through the world of um, overcoming objections, put this in sequence for me. I build relationships and I overcome objections. <laughs> It doesn't go together, Lee. No, it doesn't. So I'm going to beat up my buyer until they see what I see, and then we're going to hug. That's just not going to happen, Marty. No, it's not. It's not. It's not. But if we if we see it through the lens of resolving concerns, instead of putting on the gloves and saying, okay, we're going to duke this out, what we're going to do is sit on the same side of the desk as that individual and help to work through the concern, the issue that they have. And now you may argue that this is semantics, but if you look at the deals you win and the deals you lose, when you win, you don't blow out the competition. When they win, they don't blow you out of the competition. It's little things that you do along the way yeah. that leads one side to win or not. And yeah. you may argue that this is subtle, but guess what? Subtlety sells. Yeah, and we both experienced it. We've seen it done, the, uh, the sales winners, if you will, the folks who have built careers on these kinds of concepts. Uh, my guest is Lee B. Salz, S-A-L-Z. His book is Sales Differentiation, 19 Powerful Strategies to Win More Deals at the Prices You Want. I want to keep saying that subtitle, to win more <laughs> deals at the prices you want, because that's by being different. Uh, is how you're going to do that. The book is loaded with these kinds of tips, and I know we already have your attention. Okay, so it almost amazes me, Lee, with all the education out there and people like you uh, putting out accurate information. Why do salespeople still struggle? What's going on in our companies today? What's going on in the so-called sales training world that we still uh, people still talk about overcoming objections and all those stupid things? What's happening, Lee? What's going on? Well, gosh, I mean, we don't even know who our competitors are. I ask salespeople all the time, who's your biggest competitor? And they'll rattle off three companies. I'll say, I'm sure that's a pretty good competitor. But there's one even bigger. And someone in the room always said, ah, you mean the old sales trainer one, the status quo, the choice to do nothing, which is also a formidable competitor. Mm. But there's one even bigger. Marty, do you know who that is? Hmm. I can guess. Uh, should I venture a guess? guess? Sure. I, I, in my life, it's been me. That's been you, but there's one even bigger than that. Who's that? What's that? See, see, in sales, we're egocentric. Ah. We think that we're only competing against these couple of companies or the status quo, that it's all about us. Mm. Okay? Mm. The competition is every salesperson calling the same person you are trying to get a meeting. 
Now, Marty, I was a history major in college. I went to Binghamton University in upstate New York, and I learned a very interesting fact. In the history of business, there's never been an executive whose job was to meet with salespeople every hour on the hour. It's (laughs) never happened, Marty. I can see that. Yeah, Yeah, it's never (laughs) happened. So we're competing for FaceTime, and I don't mean the Apple technology. When you look at that executive responsibility set, they're getting calls from salespeople representing all of that and more. Mm. And it is so easy to hit the lead on a voicemail. It is so easy to hit the lead in an email. So we have to be different, different right up front if we're going to be the ones to get the meeting. Yeah. Because if, if there's no meeting, Marty, there's never a proposal. If there's no proposal, there's never a deal, no commission check, no hitting quota, and we're looking for another job. Okay. I'm jumping in. So in the book, again, I did read the book. Maybe that's why I can – I like to think I'm asking these brilliant questions because I read the book. Um, so you have kind of a different view or an intriguing way to kind of look at prospecting. I guess that's kind of what you're talking about is part of it. I mean, yeah. the way we present ourselves. But talk to me more about some ideas you have in the book that you'd like to share in terms of a different view or a unique view on prospecting. Talk to me about that, Lee. Absolutely. So, Marty, imagine it's 2 in the morning. And there's a pounding on your front door. It's the police. Marty, what'd you do last night? Okay. <laughs> they want to have a conversation with you about a crime that's recently been committed. Now, they don't randomly pick your home and you for this conversation. They followed a trail of evidence, put together a crime theory, and that's led them to you for a conversation right now. Mm. You see where we're going? Mm. Mm. A sales crime theory. Mm. where we're on a search for the answer to this question. Why should they want to have a conversation with us right now? Mm. Now, we don't want to be egocentric and say, why should we talk with them? The question is, why should they want to talk with us right now? Mm. So we need to define what types of evidence would tell us that. So, for example, let's say we sell, oh gosh, uh, technology for conference rooms. What are examples of some evidence that would lead someone to say, boy, they should want to have a conversation with us right now? For example, let's say a company is relocating its corporate office. Well, one of the things they're probably going to have to do is address the technology in the conference room Mm -hmm. or a new building is being built. Mm -hmm. So the idea is we identify the types of evidence that we're looking for, then because we've all been told you got to do pre-call research, but no one's put a framing around it to say, what do I look for and how do I use it? So now if we know what those circumstances are, we look for those in our research and then we're putting calls into the right decision influencers to have that conversation. Yeah. Right. Instead of theoretically calling and saying, you know, I'm guessing you're the CIO that's responsible for this. (laughs) Yeah. We're doing some research. I said, Hey, I, I just noticed an article in the business journal announcing your relocation to Minneapolis. Congratulations on the move. I'm guessing one of the things that you need to address as part of that move is technology in your conference room, video conferencing, et cetera, et cetera. That's something that uh, our company provides, et cetera, et cetera. Now it has some context, some meaning. shows you've done some homework. There's purpose to the call. Yeah, and you know what? Let me add something to that or actually pulling from your book. Um, 
part of the reason, I guess, uh, help me with this. Part of the reason that salespeople may feel, I guess, maybe intimidated or maybe don't even bother to do all that research is because they may think that that CEO or that uh, CIO or that chief marketing officer knows more about their product or service than they do. So maybe mm-hmm. maybe they're intimidated and they're saying, well, he's a CEO of the company. He's got to know about phone systems, for God's sakes. Um, that's not true, is it? Well, I'll tell you, the worst advice that salespeople have been given in recent years is that there's this new fad called the Internet, (laughs) and we're dealing with educated buyers. Yeah. And if you don't believe me, that's bad advice. I've been asking this question for years all across the country, up in Canada. Salespeople, the question is this. Who knows more about the world of potential solutions in your industry? You are the people you sell to. Mm. Marty, not one person has ever raised their hand and said, oh, the people I sell to know much more than I do about my industry. Never happened. Mm. So we're telling salespeople you have educated buyers, yet everyone agrees that we know more than the people that we're selling to. Well, then why Uh, don't why don't we do something about it? <laughs> you know? Well, we need to do something about it. Yeah. So that leaves several issues for us in sales. Number one, we go on a discovery meeting and we've been taught to probe for pain or mm. look for challenges they're having. Mm. So we ask questions solely on what they perceive could be better or different. Mm-hmm. But if you agree with my premise, we know more about the world of potential solutions in our industry than they do. We can't just rely on their perception. Yeah. Strong. Yeah. So strong. So right on, Lee. Um, So, but if you go into that executive, Marty, and you lecture them on all the things they don't know, boy, you make for a short (laughs) meeting, doesn't it? Yeah. It's like saying I'm the best sales consultant in the world. It just it, it will it will backfire. Hey, let's make sure everybody knows how to connect with you, Lee. What's the best way? Uh, Facebook, LinkedIn, websites. Uh, give us all that information. Sure, you can go on LinkedIn and connect with me, Lee Sauls, S A L Z. Uh, you can certainly go to my website, salesarchitects.com. If you want to go directly and learn more about sales differentiation, the book and all that stuff, you can actually go to salesdifferentiation.com, which forwards to the proper section on the Sales Architects website. The book is excellent, folks. Uh, I have not reached the level of sales success as Lee has, but I've been around this world for a while, and I know good when I see it and when I read it. Um it's solid. I have, we need to wrap up, believe it or not. But here's something that really got me. I want to make sure we address this. It's the idea. So a buyer, you've gotten to a certain stage and the buyer says, I'd like some references from you. You took me to school on that one. Tell me, <laughs> tell me about that one. I really like that. All right. It's funny. That's probably one of the most commented on sections of the book is this whole idea of request for references. It's probably the most misunderstood phase of the entire buyer decision-making process. So you get a call saying, hey, we'd like references. And and for some reason, they always ask for three. I don't know why it's three, Marty. They (laughs) always ask for three references. And what the salesperson hears is, we're getting the deal, baby. It's done. 
They tell their manager we're getting the deal. They, nah, I was going to say they update the CRM, but nobody updates their CRM <laughs> with, with the win. Right. But in their mind, it's a done deal. All I have to do is complete this task of giving them three references and we're getting it. Let's come to the other side of the equation. Why does a buyer ask for references? Well, despite us coming in preaching that we are the best thing since sliced bread, they want to validate what we presented to mm-hmm, them. Mm-hmm. And why is validation so important? It's because decision-making carries with it risk. If you're the one that decides to change suppliers or outsource something that's never been outsourced before, mm. and it goes wrong, mm. someone's on the chopping block. Yeah, risky. They're going to. Right, they're going to look for someone to be accountable for that decision that's been made. So you've got one side of the equation that says, "Yippee, we're getting the deal," and the other side of the equation, a buyer that's saying, "Boy, I got to make sure that I make the right decision here." So we have an opportunity. Remember, I said we can be different in how we sell. And this is one of the wonderful opportunities that if you want to do something different than what your competitor is doing, provide meaningful value that they're not, here's an opportunity that you have based on this understanding of the difference between what the salesperson hears and what the buyer is looking to accomplish. Rather than just giving them a salute saying, no problem, we'll have this to you by 5 p.m., three references ready to go, ask two questions back. What is it you're hoping to learn from these conversations and who's going to be making the call? Say that again, Lee. Say those two questions one more time. What is it you're hoping to learn during these conversations and who's going to be making the call? Okay. Okay. And that does what? It helps us pick the right references to connect them with. Yeah. See, knowing that they want to validate what it is we've told them and certain aspects. For example, maybe they're concerned about a circumstance uh, that they're migrating from. For example, let's say they've never outsourced before or they have a a, uh, scenario of complexity in their account and they're nervous about making a change and want to make sure you can really handle that level of complexity. I mentioned before that when were asked for references, they always asked for three. And do you know how many references salespeople have in their back pocket? Probably three. Three! <laughs> it's a perfect match! Hey, Lee, I'm going to interrupt you because we've got to stop there because this is almost this is almost unfair. We're giving all this away for free. they got to buy the book, man. they got to <laughs> follow you. Sales differentiation, 19 powerful strategies. Listen carefully, folks, to the subtitle. To win more deals at the prices you want, Lee goes into detail in the book. It is outstanding. Tell us again, Lee, how you want people to connect with you. Um, well, as far as getting the book, they can get it in their favorite brick-and-mortar shop. They can go online, Amazon, what have you. And uh, it's the book's available in hardcover, Kindle, and audiobook. Now, here's something that um, it's important for the listeners to know. Regardless of where you buy the book, Go to salesdifferentiation.com and click on the bonus button and sign up for my video series. So I put put together a series of videos, and you'll get one per week for 20 weeks that helps you implement what you've just read. Mm. 
Okay, that's great. So it brings it, brings it to life for you. Normally, those are just available to my workshop clients, but I'm making those available to those who purchase the book to help you put those strategies uh, into action. And you go to salesdifferentiation.com. Is that what you you got it. Click on bonus. There's a little form you fill out and boom, you get registered for that video series. Lee, it's been a pleasure. I love chatting with you. I love talking about sales. Uh, you are a master. Congratulations on a great book and all your great work. Thanks so much for being part of the Business Builder Show. Thank you, Marty. It was a blast. Thank you for listening to the Business Builder Show with Marty Wolf. Reminding you to find all our shows and many other great shows on C-Suite Radio. That's c-suiteradio.com. On behalf of myself, Marty Wolf, your host, and D.C. Taylor, my executive producer, thank you for listening to the Business Builder Show, but stay tuned for information on how you can become part of the C-Suite Network. Bringing the business classroom to you, it's the Business Builder Show with Marty Wolf. As a loyal fan of this C-Suite radio show, we've got an unbelievable offer for you. Listeners to the Business Builder Show get 50% off a C-Suite Network membership. The C-Suite Network will help you become the most strategic person in the room. You'll have access to top-notch benefits and networking, all helping you get the most out of your position. Take advantage of this limited-time offer today. Learn more about the C-Suite Network membership at c-suitenetwork.com slash CSR. Again, that's 50% off a C-Suite Network membership at c-suitenetwork.com slash CSR.